Welcome to the Shady Grove Radio Podcast, a production of Shady Grove United Methodist Church in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on, and listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on, turn your radio on. On this episode, we'll hear a sermon from Pastor Darcy entitled "Wonder: Falling Silent," based on Luke one five through twenty five. My name is Rachel Lotz, and I will be reading from the NRSV version of the Bible. In the days of King Harold of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of the incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years." And the angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them, And they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Let us pray together. Gracious Lord, we want to thank you for uh, your word to us this morning, for this snapshot into the life of two people who were seeking to follow you, for how you intervened and acted, how they responded, and God, may we have the eyes to see you at work in our own lives as well. Come Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, amen. Well, here we are. We have entered into a new season, not meteorologically, but liturgically. Uh, We are in the season of Advent. Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, uh, which means coming. Advent is the four weeks leading up uh, to the birth of Jesus, to Christmas, um, when God arrived into the world in a new way. And we remember that one day uh, God will return. As we say in our communion liturgy, we'll say in just a moment, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Therefore, we live during the in-between times. Uh, We live in the the not yet and the now. We live in between the first and the second coming of Christ. And so Advent is a time when we remember that the Christian life is about waiting um, and serving God during this waiting time in the meta-narrative that is the Christian story. Now, we all know a thing or two about waiting, don't we? Uh, We have learned, we are learning to wait. We learn to wait in lines at the grocery store. We learn to wait at the doctor's office, in traffic, We learn some of the hardest waiting, waiting for the results, waiting upon the job offer, or waiting while your child finds their shoes, amen? (laughs) We all wait, and waiting cumulatively, it takes up some significant time. And the average lifespan, can you guess how long a person spends waiting? What do you think? A man or woman? Amen, good point. Good job. I'm going to loop you, loop you in. Um, what do you think? Three years. It, it, it comes down to about 45 to 62 minutes per day. I read an article in the Washington Post where they quoted a professor. He's at MIT named Richard Larson, and he studies what's called queuing theory, which is essentially how to have the best waiting in line experience. He does these studies, and then he sells the outcomes of different corporations and companies um, to minimize, listen to this, the pain of waiting. Can you guess which corporation stands out in terms of the best standing in line experience? You got it, Walt Disney uh, and and their subsidiaries. Um, They actually focus on something called distraction entertainment in order to minimize the pain of waiting. Waiting is studied because we are not fans. We don't like to wait, usually, or we can at very least find it challenging to wait. So isn't it interesting that we, as a Christian people, devote an entire season to something that we in our culture spend time trying to avoid? Why are we opening our arms up to waiting during an entire season? Why do we do this, church? 
Because waiting features prominently in the scriptures. The phrase, wait upon the Lord, features over 40 times in scripture in all the different genres. The first five books of Moses, on into the history of Israel, on into um, the prophets and the wisdom literature, on into the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the New Testament letters, and then the book of Revelation. They all include some form of wait upon the Lord. And you hear it's a very specific kind of waiting. It's within the context of a relationship. Wait upon the Lord. And here's the thing about biblical waiting. It is not passive. Often we are frustrated during times of waiting because we can feel stuck, trapped, or as if we've lost control in a particular situation. Well, waiting upon God does not mean that we are stuck. In fact, during the waiting upon God times in our lives can be instances of building great character and shoring up our faith in profound ways. However, it does mean that we relinquish control. It means that we surrender our will to God's. It means that we trust that even when we cannot see it, discern it, feel it, or observe it, that we still choose to believe that God is at work within our lives and within the world. And so while we wait for God's activity to break through and more fully communicate too, there are some things that God asks us to do in the waiting. Trust. Have faith. Serve. And then serve some more. Practice patience, or if you want to get all Micah 6-8 about it, seek justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. There's also something else that God asks us to do intentionally during the waiting. God asks that we spend time in awe, in wonder at the things God has done, perhaps the things that God is doing, and the hopes that we hold in God's future. Now, there are some options in terms of a wonder definition. So, this, so since this is our focus during the Advent season, I'm going to give you a working definition of wonder. Wonder is defined as a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration or gratitude caused by something beautiful, unexpected, or inexplicable. So can you think of the last time you were filled with a measure of wonder? Was it the unexpected kindness of a stranger? Was it God working through the generosity of a friend? With Advent wonder on the brain, I saw multiple examples of wonder this past week. Isn't it interesting that when you set your mind on some intention, you start to see it in all the places? One of the places I saw wonder was Facebook brought up a memory. If you're on Facebook, you know how it does that. It'll just bring up a memory from oh so many years ago. Well, it brought up a, a memory. It showed our daughter, Thea, who was three months old when the pandemic hit. So she was very family-oriented, shall we say, for the first <laughs> time in her life. Um, and Facebook brought up a picture of her seeing the biggest Christmas tree she had ever seen in her two years of life. And it was at Short Pump Mall, and there's this picture where she's, um, and you can go ahead and show it, she's reaching out for a ball, right? She's like, oh my gosh. And then she turns around and faces us with this look on her face, 
right? Um, It is surprise mingled with admiration and gratitude caused by something beautiful and unexpected. It's the very definition of wonder. Then in the wake, another instance, um, in the wake of the death of previous First Lady Rosalind Carter during her funeral, her grandson who spoke said, you know, my grandmother really doesn't need a eulogy. Her life was a sermon. But then one of the commentators said this. They said, there are all the dignitaries and representatives who stand in respect and awe at a life well lived. And there was such a a deep sense of respect and dignity, I I would say wonder at living a life with consistent integrity. When were you last filled with wonder? Notice I say filled with wonder because wonder almost always occurs because of something or someone beyond ourselves pouring something beautiful into us or placing something unexpected in our path. And then, of course, we as people of faith, we take it a step further and recognize that it is God's activity in and through people and in through God's creation in the world that gives us cause and pause to wonder. And so that's what we're going to do all throughout this Advent season, begins today, each Sunday, and all the days leading up to the Christmas observance and celebration, we are going to intentionally and biblically spend some time in wonder at the mighty things that God has done, even the things that God has withheld and held us through. Even as we wait upon the Lord together for things that are unresolved or uncertain or unknown, we're going to wait in faith by wondering at the faithfulness of God. And even at times, the wonder we have is more like a wondering, like, what is going on in the world? Amen. There's that kind of wonder, too. The continuing fighting in Israel and Palestine, the continuing conflict and war in Ukraine, and then in the wake of even here in our community, some significant losses and griefs, we wonder. So to begin this Advent wonder, we're going to look to Scripture We're going to meet a couple who are in the midst of their own wonder moment. Um, This is from uh, Luke's gospel, and their names are Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, a little background. Zechariah was a priest and was married to a woman named Elizabeth who had a priestly lineage of her own. The Bible tells us that they were righteous people, that they were blameless, and that they had no children. And in one of my favorite translated phrases in scripture, Luke tells us that they were both, quote, getting along in years. (laughs) Then Zechariah was summoned to service at the temple. Basically, his rotation was up, so he went to go and serve. And while he was there in the sanctuary, always take care when you're in sacred spaces, amen? The angel Gabriel appeared and told him that their prayers had been heard, that he and Elizabeth, they would have a child. They were to name him John. And that this child will play a part in the Lord's coming into the world. Of course, this was John the Baptist, cousin to Jesus. Now, Zechariah obviously wondered. um, And then he questioned the angel and asked, how is this going to happen? I'm an old man and my wife is getting along in years. (laughs) Then the angel said, because he doubted, Zechariah would become mute 
and unable to speak until this thing would come to pass. And indeed, Zechariah lost his voice, which given his readiness to identify his wife's age may have been for the good of everyone involved. (laughs) Amen. However, Elizabeth did become pregnant and she gave birth to a child and she named him John. And what we we heard in our passage reading was the, the setup. We hear Elizabeth's beginning of their wonder moment. Elizabeth responds with rejoicing. Zechariah, when he does get his voice back, he asks, how can this be? And then he praises and he honors God in awe and wonder. And I'm struck by a couple of things that led into the making of this wonder moment for Elizabeth and Zechariah. First, they were filled with wonder because they trusted that this addition to their family was God's activity in their lives. Because just pause for a moment to acknowledge what, um, together with Elizabeth and Zechariah, just to consider the wonder that must have found them in this moment. That when this couple had perhaps given up hope, they thought the door had closed, the story had ended, God made a way for them. No wonder they were full of wonder. What about you? Can you sense God's activity in your life? Can you look back? Can you see it now? Can you wonder at how God has moved, shaped, guided, or provided? Maybe it was a healing that occurred. Maybe God connected dots of meaning for you. Maybe it's been a relationship restored. Maybe it's God moving you forward. Maybe it's a miraculous adoption or birth or some means by which God expanded your notion of family. Perhaps your wonder came in the form of unexpected peace, freedom from that which binds you, a mental health struggle that through therapy and treatment, you now find a workable stride to live with and in. Maybe it was a job that opened, a worry that closed, a fear that diminished, a stronghold that lost its power to hold dominion over you. Do you see God's activity in your life? Does it generate a sense of surprise mingled with admiration or gratitude because it is something beautiful, unexpected, and at times inexplicable? Can you see cause and pause to wonder. Secondly, we have to recognize that for Zechariah and Elizabeth, there were years, there were years involved in preparing and coming to this wonder moment. Um, For them, they had a long, long Advent season. Advent jumped the rails from December and became months and years. And those days, months, and decades were not easy for them. I imagine they were filled with sort of a heart-wrenching crying out, seeing everyone around them seemingly easily receiving what they most fervently desired. And especially, can you imagine them saying, God, these people are horrible, and they get to have children, and and we are great people, and we don't. Can't you just hear it? The weight of that. Even as their wonder moment came, You have to recognize that God's activity did not fall along their preferred timeline or their prescribed plan that they had thought out for their lives. 
Now, I'm not implying that God withheld this blessing in order to maximize their wonder moment. I'm not saying that at all. Rather, if we choose to wait upon the Lord and avail our lives into God's purposes, there are other timelines at play. There are additional purposes being fulfilled. And I suppose, I suppose the point is that they chose to wonder in the waiting, even before the wonder moment came. The author Pete Wilson says it this way, spiritual transformation happens in the waiting room. Lastly, to wonder at God's activity in our lives and in the lives of others in the world, it doesn't diminish all that needs to be done. Remember, biblical waiting upon the Lord is not passive. It's not to minimize the pain when things are not fulfilled in the ways in which we hoped. Saying wow and thus thank you for God's movements and mercies goes hand in hand with the work that needs to be done in the world rather than distracting us from it. It's not entertainment distraction. Amen. In fact, spending time in wonder at God's gracious activity in our lives can make us open wider the door of the Holy Spirit into our lives. It can work to make us more gracious too because if you recognize that God has saved and is redeeming you and sustaining you, you also remember that it is not for you alone. It is for all and all of God's creation. And so this Advent season, I'm going to encourage all of us to pause and to notice God's gracious activity in our lives. As the poet Mary Oliver says, attention is the beginning of devotion. Take moments and wonder at what you have been given and the lengths that God went to in Jesus Christ to bring it to you. Recognizing that many of us may be in situations right now that are not tied up with a bow. We may be in the waiting room. May we remember to hold on to the one who is holding on to us to trust, and to come to know that our wondrous God is at work. Let us pray. Holy and living Lord, guide us and sustain us as we wait upon you. In the name of Jesus, amen. To a radio station where the mighty host of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from a land of endless spring, get in touch with God. And turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music.